0: Welcome to Business Unmuted Live, a video business discussion at five o'clock each Wednesday, which is later shared on platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This week has seen pubs and restaurants welcome customers back inside for the first time in months. But will this provide the impetus the retail and hospitality sector need to create a sustainable future for our towns and city centres? Joining me on today's programme is Alan Cook, Managing Director of Arlington Real Estate, Stephen Patterson, Director of Communications at NE1, the Newcastle Business Improvement District, and Graham Salt, a respected retail consultant and commentator who joins me in the studio. With physical retail units being forced to temporarily close, the pandemic contributed to a soar in businesses online. But this change in shopping habits has posed a detrimental risk to our high streets. However, recent data from the Office of National Statistics shows high streets are recovering to pre-pandemic levels of sales. Last week's GDP Quarter 1 figures also show a 1.5% fall from the previous quarter. That's much less than the 3.8% reduction forecast by the Office of Budget Responsibility. So that's the backdrop. And we've got people live from Durham, in the case of Alan, and Stephen from Newcastle. But Graham is still live in the studio. Hi there. First of all, let's have a, a, an overall view from your point of view. Uh, are these figures and the recent reopening cause for optimism? Where does retail really sit in its projections for the future? Yeah,
1: I think it's uh, it's it's always promising and and. Uh... And always good news if the figures are showing an upsurge, you know, after things have reopened, as we all hoped that there would be some kind of bounce back from the online. And that seems to be uh, being borne out, both in terms of the data that we're seeing, you know, and kind of anecdotally, you wander around somewhere like Doham and there's increasing buzz, the, uh, yeah, as more and more things reopen in the last few days, we've seen more and more people in Durham uh, who are taking advantage of the fact they can kind of eat inside for the first time in months. So I think there's a lot to be optimistic about on the high street, as, uh, as well as, of course, you know, um, all the things we've been hearing about Debenhams and so on. But, but over the last few months, there's been uh, you know, all kinds of fantastic independents who have been uh, really showing you know, kind of what they do and, and how agile and creative they are uh, you know, uh, over all the challenging times that we've
0: had. OK. Well, let's look at the, um, the future and maybe look at some things that are going to challenge retail in a slightly different way. Uh, today, as we're, we're recording this and brought, transmitting it live on Wednesday, um, the inflation figures were announced. And inflation has just bounced up uh, CPI, 1.5%, which is an increase, and over 3% for RPI. Now, that is inflation holistically, price of fuel, wages, what about prices in the shops? Do you think that the competitive pressures of the internet will keep prices down?
1: Yeah, I think prices are always one of those things that everyone everyone talks about. And of course, if, uh, if you're a bricks and mortar retailer, you have to, in many ways, uh, try and, uh, and be competitive with the online offer. But I think, uh, Increasingly what we're seeing is that actually businesses uh, on the high street uh, are focusing a bit less on price maybe and more on value and and more on on delivering things you can't get on the internet. Mm -hmm. And again, certainly in the places that I'm working, you're seeing uh, all kinds of businesses that are offering really good experiences, local products, uh, distinctive things that, that you can't get anywhere else. And those things are a bit less price sensitive because people are are buying into the fact that it's unique, it's interesting, mm-hmm. it's, it's something they can't get everywhere else.
0: Okay, and one other issue that I've seen reported in quite a few uh, outlets in the last couple of weeks, and seen it myself with my own client base at Recognition PR, is uh, labor shortages. You wouldn't think of it with unemployment being the big talking point Mm. until recently labour shortages the daily telegraph splashing its business section just recently about how a labour shortage could hamper the recovery yeah it's a
1: it's a a really genuine thing i think all of us who are on linkedin can see in our own networks people who have uh, who have pivoted who have moved from one industry or or one role into quite different things and certainly we're seeing that a lot of people who have maybe worked in hospitality before uh, have moved into other you know, other areas of work and certainly what I'm seeing actually from the businesses that I talk to is quite a lot of people who are launching their own businesses mm. and uh, and we've seen um, you know, I'm the I'm the vice chairman of Doan Business Group and we've seen in part of our business uh, a real upsurge in new businesses wanting registered office addresses and uh, and it's great it's a it's a really positive sign of 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 a of a, of a of a positive and, yes. and vibrant economy and we're seeing that on the high street too new independents, uh, people who are kind of chasing their dreams if you like and and taking the plunge because they've had this whole year to think about what they want their future to be and they've uh, really kind of embraced that kind of idea of of, of taking a leap
0: well that conversation gets us started. Let's bring some others in. We've got Alan down the line from Durham in a minute. I'm looking at the picture there. He's got a building site. That's the future of Durham. We'll talk about that in a moment but first Newcastle. Stephen Patterson from the NE1 Business Improvement District. How has reopening happened for your many restaurants and hospitality businesses in the last few days?
2: Well it's been absolutely uh, fantastic Graham to be perfectly honest to see uh, people enjoying indoor dining. Um, obviously have the lights on and Lord knows we've needed it this week with, uh, with the weather that we've had. But it's been fantastic to see. And it's not just licensees, it's cinemas as well, museums, galleries. So we're seeing that wider cultural offer that the city majors are really starting to come back to life.
0: What about retail, the footfall in retail? Uh, We heard Graham there talking about independent retail stores. Obviously, in your high streets in Newcastle, the big the big guys are there as well. Um, Is retail having any kind of bounce back that is sustainable? Uh, The bricks and mortar stores, is is it starting to happen? I would say so. I think certainly what we've seen
2: through each of the lockdowns that we've had is that footfall is very elastic when you open the doors, customers want to come in. I think what that doesn't necessarily pick up is uh, people's shopping habits are changing. Uh, so people are coming in perhaps more for considered purchases mm. as opposed to that sort of wander around for a day and pick up a lot of things they hadn't planned to come in for. So I think those those shopping habits are uh, being, uh, that behavior change is being exacerbated by the the COVID uh,
0: situation, I think. We'll come back in a moment and talk about the future in Newcastle. Let's go to Alan, though, and look at the future in Durham. Alan, this magnificent building site behind you and Durham Cathedral in the background, uh, I think viewers will want to know a little bit about that. It's Milburn Gate. Tell us what I'm looking at.
3: Well, you're looking, Graham, at uh, phase one of our Millburn Gate scheme. Um, it's not phase one of the overall development. We did do um, a large office development on the other side of the river a couple of years ago, uh, but that allowed us to relocate the occupants of that building uh, and, and basically start to redevelop the other side. And phase one of Millburn Gate uh, is a mixed-use scheme. It's a, there's a, there's 600 car parking spaces underground. There's uh, Over on the bridge behind me is uh, the site of a new uh, hotel. There are three blocks of apartments sitting above 60,000 square feet of leisure, so bars and restaurants, and there's also uh, 53,000 square feet of grade A office space, all in the first phase. So quite a big scheme uh, from a construction point of view, quite a big scheme from a you know, generate an occupier interest point of view. And as you can imagine, we kicked this off right at the start of the lockdown. Timing wasn't great. And I was, at at the time, I was really worried that we we may well be, um, we we may well be trying to attract tenants and and struggling to do so for for the leisure space in particular. And I must admit, over the last two or three months, the exact opposite has happened. Um, And listen to what Graham was saying earlier about quality and experiences that people are looking for. I think that is absolutely what it's about. Um, The people we've had lately coming to look at it, some really great brands have come to come to Durham uh, and seen the site and and we're now engaged in um, agreeing terms with them. And what they've all said is it's all about the quality of the environment. People are people are looking for high quality now and looking for a great experience and hopefully we can provide the, the the buildings to allow them to do that.
0: Well, if I was in a restaurant where you are and I had that view, I would be a very happy man. Is that the kind of thing that you (laughs) will actually end up having in a few years?
3: Well, behind me, um, is the the, we've actually got a CGI of a a dining table in that corner, and it's it's a big glass box I'm standing in, so the views from here will be tremendous, both right across the river and the city, as well as the cathedral. So, uh, yeah, it won't be long, Graham, before you're down here um, having a glass of wine and a bite to eat, hopefully. We're hoping to have everything in phase one completed and handed over by March.
0: That's that's great. Let's put Stephen on the screen as well from Newcastle. Stephen, you can see that's going on in Durham, and I know in Newcastle there are some significant uh, building projects underway as well. Uh, Do you sense that uh, developers are now just gritting their teeth and getting on with it um, and are determined to make the best of a, a potential recovery.
2: I would absolutely agree with that and I would absolutely echo Alan's sentiment about the quality of the environment Uh, I think in the current uh, situations, businesses are looking to de-risk the decisions they're making. And the best Mm. way of doing that is to put yourself in a really real quality environment that has that mixed use, that wider, diverse appeal. Um, And that's certainly what we're seeing in Newcastle City Centre.
0: Graham, if I bring you in, both Mm. these people are in cities where there are business improvement districts. Are those bids making a significant difference to the way towns and cities recover in the northeast and elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think certainly Newcastle bid is is one of the most well known and one of the most successful in the country. Yeah, uh, you know, I work with bids all over the place, and and many of them are excellent. Uh, I think it it comes down to having um, a really good vision, a really good team. Um, so so it's it's so important having a really. A vibrant and dynamic bid manager who can give that kind of drive, and also um, you know, all the board of the bid too, who are who are you know, all the local businesses who are involved in in driving it forward. I think um, all the best bids are are doing really good work in um, in promoting their places, bringing all the stakeholders together, and I think uh, it's a model that has, has been proven to work well.
0: Stephen, if you have developers like Alan in Newcastle, what would you be expecting to say to them about what the bid will be doing that makes their development worthwhile?
2: I think first and foremost, it's not just about the bid, it's about working hand in glove with the local authority. Uh, so you have a real uh, shared vision for the city centre and the places businesses are going to be investing in. We've seen that recently with the councils, Newcastle City Council's uh, 20 million plus investment in uh, the retail core area of the city. Uh, obviously, Grey Street plans coming forward on that side of things as well. Um, and we're seeing a lot of investment down on the quay side. So I think the important thing is it's not just about the bid but actually the business, the public sector, the private sector, absolutely sharing and taking ownership of the vision for how the city and these areas progress in the years. to uh,
0: Alan, you've worked a lot with Durham County Council because there have been public sector uh, organisations on those sites. I think National Savings and uh, the Passport Agency, which are national... Uh, government, but Durham didn't want a big hole in the city centre as a result of uh, them changing, did it? Uh, mm. How have you found working with the local authority officers? I think I totally
3: agree with what's just been said there about if you want a successful city centre, and you know you need a mix of uses, but it's about it's about um, you know driving the local economy, and the local economy is what the council are obviously keen to support. So um, we've, we found Durham excellent to work with. As, as you know, Graham, from, from past interviews we've done with you, we've been working with them now for almost 15 years. But I think it's absolutely crucial that the public and private sector work together because to deliver schemes of, of, the, of the size of, of, of Milburn Gay in order to get the impact, that, that needs you know, all parties to be aligned. Um, and that's certainly been the case in, um, in Durham of late. And and obviously, over the last kind of 25, 30 years, Newcastle's been transformed in the same way. So, yeah, it's very important that the public and private sector can work together well.
0: Both of you have talked about the big strategic things and the approach of the local authorities. Um, But Stephen, what about the small, more granular little things that can make life easier for the retailers in Newcastle? I think, or or leisure, I think if I'm right, I heard some of your restaurants in Newcastle had provided for them grants for heaters when you could only eat outdoors. Little things like that. What, What kind of things have you done that have made it easier for those businesses to transact with the public?
2: Well, I'd actually say those are really big things, Graham. We've had businesses that have more than doubled their capacity because of the outdoor space that we've been able to provide. You know, areas like the Keyside, Gray Street, Big Market have been absolutely transformed by businesses being able to spill out. Again, working hand in glove with the city council, um, we've released £125,000 in grants so far. There were around about fifty percent. Of the pavement cafe space in the city centre, we've got another phase coming forward, uh, and we'll have a really exciting program of summer activity uh, due to start on uh, June the twenty-first, hopefully. Um, And taking us through, uh, obviously, to that all-important Christmas period, you know, the golden six weeks in the run-up to Christmas. Mm, mm. So, there's a lot of things going on. You know, we've got more pavement cafe space per capita than any other city uh, in the country. We've seen a really vibrant uptake of vacant space by local operators. And again, we've got uh, the most the highest density of uh, independent operators outside london these are really good things you know they are uh, really good things for the city that really show the diversity and i think that's what really people are after is that that feeling of being in a place uh, that you can't really get
0: anywhere else. These little things that I talked about and Stephen says aren't that little I, I take his point, but the little customer journey of each individual customer can be made better by both the local authority and the Retailer working together. I on the day that restaurants reopened had a business dinner at a very nice uh, hotel slash restaurant in Yorkshire I went there, it was pouring with rain. They had a parasol, but no heater. I said, have you got a heater? And the the guy said, well, you know, it's only for a few weeks, it's not worth it. Whereas in Newcastle, if I'd come up the road, Stephen, mm. I would have been able to at least dine with a heater. <laughs> those and little things, those smooth the journey, don't they? And, and are you <laughs> seeing that happening in the best towns? Oh, of course, yeah. I think um, uh,
1: it's partly the bids doing that kind of thing, partly the authorities, and like everyone said, it's it's very much a case that the places that are doing well are the ones where you have all the, you know, all the key stakeholders working together and pushing forward you know, in the same way. And you know, I'm involved... Uh, in the high streets task forces, you know, I'm a fellow of the Institute of Place Management, and, and very much the mantras of those kind of organisations are all about you know people working together. You know, you know, how can we make the whole customer journey you know all, all fit together? How do we kind of get over those barriers that might make an experience not so good? It's a, so it's the it's the parking, it's the cleanliness, it's the you know it's the quality of the environment, it's all those things. Because if you're trying to get people you know out of their smartphones and onto the streets, you have to make it worth their while.
0: Well, look, that's fantastic. It's almost the close there. And I, I think I've lost Alan on his link live from Durham, but it was good while it was going. Uh, Steve, Oh, he's back. I'm going to last word to Stephen and Alan. Um, first of all, uh, Stephen, um, as I remember rightly, you have Restaurant Week in Newcastle. And there was a statistic about the number of new restaurants opening up in the pandemic. As you look forward, tell our viewers how Newcastle is doing in terms of new uh, shops and restaurants. Well, certainly
2: on the restaurant side of things, uh, you might not think it, but we've actually seen our number of restaurants increase over the COVID period with a number of new openings. Uh, only in the, next, uh, in the next week, we've got Hard Rock Cafe opening up on the quayside, side, which is a major brand for the city. Uh, so we're delighted about that. And I think it very much shows, you know, Newcastle swimming against the tide, really.
0: Well, that's great news. Uh, Alan, in Durham, I'm going to give you last word because you're sat there on a multi-million pound project, I <laughs> think 150 million pound project. You and your investors must have some serious confidence to be pushing ahead.
3: We, we certainly did at the start, Graham. Um, and, and I must admit I did have a wobble at the start of the, <laughs> the COVID pandemic situation, as I mentioned earlier, but I think absolutely now, certainly the last two or three months, the interest we've had, in Durham has been fabulous. And I think what was said earlier about, you know, high quality independence moving in, I think is a really, really good thing, particularly for towns and cities like uh, Durham and Newcastle. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it certainly looks rosy in, in in the leisure sector.
0: Thank you, Alan Cook, Stephen Patterson and Graham Salt. That's it for this week's Business Unmuted.